0: That's investher, H-E-R, con.com, promo code 100, best ever to get $100 off your ticket.
1: Finding enough contractors and then making sure they're doing the work on time and budget and and the whole aspect.
0: then fund that flips the way to go their team has over 200 deals under their belt and uh, you can actually this is crazy you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information uh, so go to fund that com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects Hi, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and we have a special segment for you. It is Saturday. So first off, hope you're having a Best Ever weekend, and happy Saturday. Um, Because it's Saturday, we're going to do a special segment called Situation Saturday, where we put our Best Ever guests in a specific situation that they have overcome and they talked to us about how they overcame it. And the whole purpose is when you come across a situation or a situation like this, how will you approach it? And you'll have a step-by-step guide for how to come out successfully. So with us, we've got Mark Ferguson. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing great, Joe. How are you? I'm doing great as well. So nice to have you on the show again, Mark. It gave his best ever advice way, 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 way back on episode 57. That's 57. And it's one of my favorite titles. Um, I don't know kind of what type of mood. I I guess you can tell the type of mood I was in whenever I was making this title. It's titled Peekaboo, I See You, <laughs> Overlook Costs on Fix and Flips. So episode 57, Peekaboo, I See You, Overlook Costs on Fix and Flips. Uh, Mark has been a real estate agent since 2001. He is. He does about fif- 10 to 15 fix and flips properties a year. He runs a team that has sold uh, a team of 10 uh, that has sold many properties over the course of of the time that he's been he's been running it. He has a pro, he has a website called investformore.com that's invest f o u r more.com uh, that you can get tons of great advice and insight from. Uh, in fact, it's not just you. But it's 300,000 other visitors as well uh, every month that get that great advice and, and insight from from Mark. So go check out Invest for More and be 300,001. Um, with that being said, Mark, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background, and then we'll talk about the situation we're going to put you in.
1: Um, Yeah, that sounds great. So yeah, I became a, a licensed real estate agent in 2001, I worked with my father straight out of college, could not find a a good job with a finance degree and um, we fixed and flipped a few houses here and there and around 2008 my career really started to take off i became a hud and reo listing broker so i still do that and then um, really started to ramp up the fix and flips and i started buying rental properties in 2010 so i've got 16 rental properties now Um, like i said do about 10 to 15 flips a year i actually have 10 flips going right now at this moment so i'm I'm trying to do 20 flips next year. And then, uh, yeah, I still run the real estate team. We have six licensed agents and sell about 200 houses a year on the the real estate sales side.
0: All right. So you're busy, very busy. <laughs> and uh, most importantly, for the purposes of our conversation, you're active in what the heck you're talking about. And and so um, here's what we're going to talk about today. And here here's the situation. And it's really simple. It's very simple situation. Uh, how <laughs> you, you are working on a job, or excuse me, you have a property where you have a team members, so contractors, and you simply want to make sure that they're doing their job. So how do you make contractors do their job? I'm not trivializing or patronizing contractors. Um, but there's checks and balances for any team member, So it's not just contractors. It's, you know, real estate agents and property managers and, uh, and, and others. But in this scenario, we're going to be talking about contractors. So how do you ensure that, uh, you and the contractor have a relationship where the job gets done and you're both happy? And if you can give us a, a personal story, that'd be even helpful.
1: Right. No, um, So when you're dealing with this many flips at one time, I think the biggest roadblock for most investors is contractors getting work done, finding enough contractors, and then making sure they're doing the work on time and budget and and the whole aspect. So I had a property I bought back in 2014. Um, It was a full gut job. I mean, I bought this house for 75,000. I knew the ARV would be around 185, but I also knew it needed 50 to 60,000 in work. So I let it sit for a little while cause I had so many other flips going on. It took me a couple months to get jobs started for contractors to open up. So I decided to look for some new contractors, find some new people, um, to increase, you know, the speed I could get these done. So I did my due diligence. I went on, um, Angie's list, you know, looked up reviews got references, you know, did the whole nine yards, found a new contractor. He said, okay, you know, gave me a bid on the prize, like 52,000 for the rehab. Said he would have it done in two and a half months. So he started in January of 2015. Long story short, he's still not done. And it's almost December of 2015. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, and part of that's my fault. Part of that's his fault. But basically, you know, he said he had a crew of eight guys who would get on it right away. Um, Every time I would show up to the house, he had his guys there, his crews there. He'd always tell me when to come. If I showed up when he didn't know I was coming, there was either one guy there or nobody there. And I started to notice this pattern. So I kept asking him, hey, what's going on? What's going on? And he'd say, no, no problem, we're on schedule, you know. Then all of a sudden, nobody was at the house for like weeks. I'm like, okay, what is going on? And he stopped responding to my texts or calls. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. So I finally got a hold of him. He's like, oh, my partner, quit. He stole all my money. I don't, I, I, you know, I'm in a bad place. I, I just, I'll get it done. Don't worry. So basically broken promises of went on for five months of him working maybe once every two weeks himself on the house and promising it'd be done the next two weeks. And we've got to this point where, and it, it's, it's really my fault for letting it get this far, but you know, you just think, Hey, he can finish it. You know, we've already paid him money for it because we paid him in chunks as he had work done and the house was almost done most of this time. It wasn't like he didn't do any work. He did most of the work and then just got stuck at the end. So, um, what I have done to mitigate this problem, and now this is something that you have to have a pretty big operation to do is I hired one of my other contractors as a full-time employee to manage all my rehabs. So his job is to find subcontractors, manage my contractors, make sure everything's done as quickly as possible. And that way it is not up to me to do it because if I do it, I'm too busy. I let things slide and I do not do a good job of keeping track of everything.
0: What does... So that's the that's the macro level solution. You hire uh, somebody to oversee so that they can focus on that. Now, the... The question becomes what are they doing if if time were no object for you, um and and you wanted to do this, <laughs> um <laughs> which I probably need to throw that in there. Uh what what are they doing or what would you be doing um whenever you're managing the contractors?
1: Right. So the first thing I'll start with is coming at it from like a brand new investor who's never hired a contractor. Um one, you wanna pick one that has good reviews, check out Yelp, pay the few bucks it costs for Angie's list, search Google for reviews on contractors because usually something pops up. And this guy had awesome reviews from everybody. That's why I thought I was golden and that probably hurt me too because I didn't keep as good an eye on him as I should have. So that's the first step. The second step is to always get references from your contractor. So have him give you names and numbers of people they've done work for before it helps, you know, if you have a multiple people, um, maybe some investors and homeowners so you can get an idea of the work they do. If it's possible to go see them at a job site and see the quality of work they're doing now, that is awesome. But sometimes it's not feasible, but that's another way. And I would always get bids first before you have a contractor do any work, show them the property, bring them in to give you a full bid, make sure you're on the same page about what needs done, what doesn't need done. I will tell you another quick story, which was hilarious. Um, When I was hiring this guy, I'd interviewed another contractor who showed up and, you know, everything was going pretty well. And then he started talking about some other jobs he did. And he's like, yeah, you know, this last job I had, the the wife had the, the guts to call the cops on me while I was doing this job. I'm like okay, that's interesting. <laughs> He's like, yeah, she said I was drinking on the job. I'm like, I'm, I maybe had one beer, but I wasn't drunk, and I couldn't believe she called me. And then, you know, it turns out I got a DUI, and it was my second DUI. And I, uh, I'm i like, dude, why are you <laughs> telling me this? <laughs> so that's that was a clear sign. That was easy to know not to hire him. But
0: Well, being in Colorado, if he was telling you he was high, <laughs> then you couldn't really do anything about that, could you? <laughs> right,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but usually it's not that easy to tell when a contractor's not going to be good. So, um, you know, there's some, some great steps to take in the beginning. Um, never pay a contractor up front before they do work. Um, sometimes we have some contractors who wants to pay for materials. We'll actually set up an account at home Depot or Lowe's or whatever it is. And so we can buy the materials for them and not just give them money if they're just starting out. And, Don't pay them a bunch of money up front for work they haven't done yet. Um, Sometimes we'll pay them as work is done. um, If they need a big job, if they need help with materials, things like that. And then the number one thing you can do is check the job site. Go visit your contractor often. Um, If you're never there, if you're not checking up on them, they'll think they can slide. They don't have to be on the job site every day. They'll start taking other jobs. Who knows what'll happen? But if you're there a couple times a week, you know you're checking the work, you're making sure they're there. That lets them know, hey, this guy's paying attention. He's serious. He's not gonna just disappear, and I can go do whatever I want to. What's often? Um, I would say, if it's a brand new contractor, I'd say twice a week, you need to be there on the site.
0: And when you uh, you say you said you for never paying a contractor up front before they work uh, when they want materials. You said you set up an account to buy the materials for them. How Logistically, just how does that work at Home Depot, for
1: example? Um, It's pretty simple. You can, one way is they can go to Home Depot. They can pick up all their materials and have you call in the credit card number to pay for them at, you know, checkout. Sometimes Home Depot will open up an account for you. If you um, do a lot of business with them, have a lot of stuff going on and you can use it that way. You can get a home Depot credit card and let them use the credit card. Um, you have to make sure you look at their receipts when they do that so that they're not buying saws and tools and other stuff on your bill. But, um, there's a few ways to do it. You can always meet them at home Depot too. I don't think that's, you know, once you get to a certain point of trust with contractors, I don't think you have to go that route. But in the beginning, when you're first starting out, it's not a bad thing to consider.
0: Was there any red flag whenever you're looking at the Angie's List reviews? Or did they did this contractor, I mean, you said he qualified. But was there anything in those reviews? Or would basically anybody who's re- reading them have hired him?
1: You know, I I looked at them. And after he did this, I went back there and looked again. And there was not one bad review on him. And I looked at the other reviews. And some said he is a little slower than he said he would be. But nothing that stood out. I mean, just about every contractor you hire is going to be slower than they say they are. So that isn't something that um, sticks out in my head. I just, uh, I don't know if it really was just a horrible situation he's in or um, if he just completely fell apart. But sometimes that happens with contractors. They'll be going great for a couple of years. And then all of a sudden they get lazy. They have personal issues, something happens and they fall apart. So you just, you have to keep an eye on them.
0: When you're getting a bid from a contractor, what does that look like and how detailed is it?
1: It will vary based on the contractor. So that's one great way to kind of um, do your due diligence on if the contractor is going to be good to work with. Some contractors I've worked with for years and I know them and they will just give me a list of items and one price at the bottom, which is not very detailed. I don't like that, but I know these guys. I've worked with them before. Um, for new contractors, I want to see things broken down at least, you know, into major items. So like, you know, if you're doing a new kitchen, you know, list out what the kitchen's going to cost. If you're painting the interior, what the interior paint's going to cost, what the exterior paint's going to cost, what your flooring's going to cost. Um, try and get as specific as possible, but then realize, you know, a lot of contractors aren't going to list every single line item in a bid if they've never worked with you before or they may even charge you to do a bid if you want it to be that detailed. But you know, at least having the major items lined out um, with the cost can give you a pretty good idea of what they're going to do. At least you can hold them somewhat accountable later on if things change greatly.
0: Have you ever paid for a bid and if so, how
1: much did it cost? I have not actually. But I know some contractors do charge for bids and I've heard anywhere from, you know, hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars for a, a really detailed um, bid. I have never personally run into a contractor did ask me for a bid, but I have heard it happened quite a few times from you know my connections across the country.
0: Is there anything you want to mention as it relates to successfully working with contractors that we haven't talked about?
1: I would say. Um, the more communication, the better. You know, if, if you can communicate to them how they want to communicate, that builds a better rapport. So like if they like to text message, you know, it's probably easier and you'll get along better. If you can text them back, if they like to call, you know, take the time to call them back. If they want to meet in person, take the time to go meet them in person once in a while. And, you know, um, don't be afraid to Take them out to dinner or lunch, or invite them to get-togethers. You know, try and build a friendship a little bit. Not you don't want to get too close to them, but you know, don't be so distant and so unfriendly with them that they don't care about you.
0: Well, you have given uh, you didn't know this, you don't know this, but you actually gave six tips for how to manage contractors successfully, and perhaps that's the title of the episode. I, th- I think that's a good one. Uh, number one is. Pick one who has good reviews. However, make sure sure you listen to the rest of the list of six because sometimes number one just isn't going to cut it alone. Uh, So one, make sure you pick one who has good reviews. Two, always get references from a contractor. uh, And it's even better to see them at a job site that is currently in progress. Three, always get bids first. And some things to note here. One, it's a great way to do uh, due diligence. Uh, another is the, a list of items and the price at the bottom isn't nearly as good If, and, quite frankly, probably isn't acceptable if you don't have a relationship with them. You really need to see at least the major items broken down. Um, the fourth is never pay a contractor up front before the work gets going there are ways to make this happen you gave a specific way of set up an account and buy the materials for them maybe have a home depot or lowes credit card some may also look at the receipts at least at the beginning and uh, perhaps on a, a occasional basis 5 is check the job site often you you say at least two times a week and then 6 communicate how they want to communicate i think that's a uh, a great point not only for how to work with how to manage contractors successfully but just how to work with business partners uh, successfully uh working you know, communicate how they want to communicate so thank you for for giving these uh the, these six ways to manage contractors successfully um thanks for being on the show again and what's the best ever way the best ever listeners can reach you mark
1: um yeah no thanks for having me on the show um, my blog is really the best way to reach me. So, investformore.com. Uh, you can always email me to mark at investformore.com. And again, like you said, that's invest, F O U R, more.com.
0: Awesome. Well, Mark, have a best ever weekend, and I will talk
1: to you soon. Great. Thanks, Joe. You have a great weekend, too.
0: I want to mention Fund That Flip because Fund That Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on, uh, or the main two things, are the deal and the money. Uh, so if you've got the deal pipeline but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, a, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. The founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, So if you have a chance, go check that out too. Familiarize yourself with Matt and what he's all about. When you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt. And uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. And get some money for your flipping projects. Best ever listeners, join me in subscribing to the Family Office Podcast. The host, Richard Wilson, you can learn more about him, episode 447. The reason why you'll want to subscribe and listen to this podcast is he talks about how billionaire families think and how to attract the ultra wealthy into your business. The Family Office Podcast.